Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to a new episode of the Cloudgate Sports post-game recaps. We had two games tonight after a decent break for both teams over the last couple of days. The Bulls took on the Hornets, uh, beating them, I believe, 124 to 110. 23-110. And then the Blackhawks beating their very famous historic rival, the Detroit Red Wings, 4-1. Uh, it was nice to see the Hawks finally getting the win tally. So we're going to start off with the Hawks. Pat, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so the Hawks did win their first game tonight. They moved to 1-3-1 and one on the season, and they sit seventh in the Central Division. Coming into this game, there was only two teams in the NHL that haven't won a game. One of them was the Blackhawks. Their team was a team that hasn't even played yet, and that's the Dallas Stars due to COVID issues. So that was fun. Uh, but the Hawks, they looked, they looked, they looked okay. They looked okay. You have to, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, Detroit do have, does have two wins in the season. They're a very young, gritty team. They don't have the experience. Um, they did pull things away. But before we dive into the actual game, the pregame ceremonies. Obviously, this is the Hawks' first home game. Um, they did the announcements for everybody, all the coaches, the players, the staff, all that good stuff. Um, it was good to see Kirby Doc was announced. He was out on the bench with the with the guys. Um, he recently just turned 20, which makes me feel old as shit because he's 20 and playing the NHL, and I'm 21 and I'm in college. Uh, so that sucks. But um, he was good to see him on the bench. Uh, I got to see Nylander as well. Uh, he went out there on his crutches after I think he had I think he had ACL surgery or something like that. Uh, sadly though. We did not see – they did announce Jonathan Taze. They did not – he didn't, obviously was not there. They put up this picture on the Jumbotron. Um, we, as a, as a podcast group, me, Brandon, PT, all discussed this, and we were going to completely ignore and refuse to talk about any of the uh, rumors about Jonathan Taze out of an integrity aspect. And at the end of the day, we all wish him the best, best and we hope to see him back on the ice as soon as possible. Um, one thing, too, is we did have a land acknowledgement. So the, or the Hawks are making those steps to uh, really uh, kind of better their relationships with the, the Indian the Blackhawk troop, uh, which was awesome to see as well. Beginning of the game, we opened up, and Detroit really really caught us off guard. I mean, Kevin Lankin faced some really tough shots to start. They were very aggressive on offense to start the game. But our power play has been the one positive, the one shining light in our in our team this year. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane puts in the first goal. Off of, it was a lucky play. The, the puck ended up finding a stick off a couple redirects. It buried one home. And then uh, we saw a goal from uh, Calvin Hahn from 44, 40 feet out, which was very nice. Goal number three, the power play goal again. Every brand, I'm not sure if you looked at this yet, every guy on the ice, all five of us touched that puck before Andrew Shaw was at the front. Yes, I did uh, see that. 
that's picture perfect. That's textbook power play stuff right there. It's textbook offense. And then uh, we had an empty netter to end out the game. Short-handed too, so that another power play. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, let's look at our power play stats in the season if we could see these real quick. I believe we're seven of seventeen on the power play. Man, the Red Wings went 0 for 5 on the power play tonight. That is not good. They did, and I'm pretty sure they had only had six power play opportunities coming into this game. They had five tonight. So that speaks to the Hawks' like lack of discipline, because I've mentioned it before. There were, 10, of... there were 10 power plays tonight. That is brutal. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you just kind of speaks to the Hawks' discipline issues. I mentioned this before, that they've been taking a lot of stupid penalties. Um, obviously, it's not going to hurt you against a team like Detroit. But, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, we're, I think we're 7-17 on the power play of the season, and it all, it all starts with Patrick Kane. It really does. That first power play unit's look very good lately. Um, and, it, you know, it is what it is. It was a fun-ass game to watch. It was fun to see them win again. It was fun to see, fun to see a little bit of spark underneath their belts. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll look to – we got a nice nice 12 o'clock start on Sunday, which I, I love those afternoon hockey games. I do, too. I do, too. They're, they're the fun United, to watch. The United Center crew is going to have a, a rough go. They have the Hawks game tonight. They'll have to get the ice off the, the floor, put the Bulls court down for tomorrow's night game against the Lakers, and then quickly get the Bulls court off and back to the it's ice. It's going to be an all-nighter for the workers. Yeah, man. I'm always That stuff's always been amazing to me. That's going to be a quick – it's going to be a tough 48 hours for those guys. But, um, yeah. hey, we're in, the, we're in the win column for once. Yes, we are in the win column. It was nice to see. I do want to also point out that we have Wes McCauley as a ref tonight. Always a joy to watch Wes McCauley. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the montages of him yeah. on Twitter or YouTube. Absolutely hilarious guy. To uh, he he also knows how to interact with the players, which is key, especially oh, yeah. as a referee. He he knows when to to joke around with them and bust their balls, and he also realizes like, hey, I'm still the ref. I'm still got to make these calls. So whether it's the chattering on the ice with the guys or making the dramatic uh goal no goal calls he's he's an absolute legend of the game everyone you can't you can't hate West McCauley no absolutely not uh but I do want to talk about we he, he seems to be a talking point every podcast Boquist how how did he look tonight Pat in in your eyes better I will say he looked better he had one shot on net he had one hit he had one block about 18 minutes of ice time he looked better. Uh, I, I'm not going to say he looked phenomenal, but he did look better. Uh, maybe just a better game. Maybe somebody got on got onto him. Like I said, like I said, he's a very skillful young player, offensive-minded defenseman. He just lacks the, the on-ice IQ, and that's something that's going to take a while for him to get. Uh, but I do think he took a step in the right direction tonight compared to previous nights. Definitely. Uh, also, shout-out to Ian Mitchell on his first career yep. NHL point. Uh, great to see from him. Hopefully, we can get a goal from him uh, sooner than later. See the Bulls keep rolling along, or the Blackhawks keep rolling along. We're gonna get into the Bulls rolling along in a little bit because they they're pretty exciting to watch now. Definitely. But uh, before we get into the Bulls, let's give our players of the game. Uh, my player of the game for tonight is going to be. Hmm, I will go Alex DeBrinkett, uh for the mm-hmm. lone fact that he has been very solid all year, mm-hmm. and uh, he added two more assists to his uh, point Both total for the season. Both on the power play, too. It, it's crucial, especially yeah. for a team like this to take advantage the, the way that we have uh, with the power play this year is very key. 
Because if we haven't, the games would be a lot more uglier. I agree. He had a hell of a game. He's been that consistent piece for us on the power play all season long, whether it's goals, whether it's assists. Him and Strom, they both had two assists tonight. Uh, and then Kane obviously had a goal as well on that power play as well as Shaw. One thing I do want to point out, too, is Andrew Shaw had an A on his chest tonight. Connor Murphy did not, and they gave it to Shaw. So I don't know if that's going to be an alternating thing. You know what? I, I like Shaw having it instead for the lone fact that he was he's been with the Hawks for so long. I know he wasn't on the team for what? Was it two seasons? Was it like a was it a two season gap? I believe he was yes, I believe it was two seasons. He went to Montreal. Yeah, yeah I believe so, so I think Shaw deserves it. Uh he's been on the team. Was he a part of all three cups or just thirteen and fifteen? Thirteen and fifteen. So the only the only four that were it's the core four. Or no, I take that back. Core five. Well, now, right, right now it's core four, but I think all three was Kane, Taze, Keith, Zebrook, and Yalmerson were all on five. Or all, all part of them. Obviously, Hammer's not on the team anymore. So, yeah. yeah. I, or, I think Hammer was on the first one. I don't know. for Those four for sure, though. But I yeah. think uh, Shaw was 15 and 17, yeah. Okay. So, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um... Definitely mixes things up. No disrespect to Murphy at all, but I like the idea of Shaw wearing the A on his chest. Yeah, I don't hate it either, and I think it's a good idea. It's a good incentive, too. You know, I feel like you wear that C or you wear the A across your chest. And he scored tonight, too. So Hey, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Connor Murphy had a hell of a game, too, defensively. If 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 uh, we would have lost this game or if we, uh, I would get into my player of the game, Murph was a close second to my player of the game tonight. Uh, I, I got to go with Kevin Lankinen, though. I mean, his second start, the way the way uh, Cowden kind of explained the, the goaltending situation is that it's not really going to be a rotation. If you're hot and you're, you're looking well, you're going to fucking play the net. And, you know, even though we give five goals against uh, – I, I want to see him stay true to his word, though. I don't want to see Subban in goal on Sunday. There's no shot. Lankinen will start. If 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 anybody but Lankinen starts a game for anything but health reasons, like injury reasons, um, uh, there's gonna be a mutiny. Like it's just on it. But he looks so good tonight. I mean, for a young kid, facing 31 shots, made 31 saves, and it, really he should have had a shutout. That one goal he gave up was some. You know, we uh, Dylan Markin, the captain for the young captain for the Red Wings, caught our D-man sleeping, broke right on through. Stopping a, uh, a one-on-one against Dylan Larkin is not going to be easy. Corey Crawford even had troubles with that, too. So, uh, it was a, he just had a phenomenal game. He made some huge saves. He My big thing, though, is he really limited second chances. He was able to swallow up those pucks, really limit, reba- limit the rebounds, was communicating well as his defenseman in terms of playing the puck. Uh, ultimately, he's had a hell of a game. And he's going to be our goaltender for the next couple games. I mean, he's looked good. Even though he gave up five goals against Florida, he uh, is going to get the start uh, Sunday against the Panthers, no doubt, to try to wrap it up. Uh, I, I just want to share some very uh, shocking NHL news. The Dallas Stars, we were just talking about them, first game Hold of up. the season. They're up, seven to, they're up 7 to nothing right now against the Predators. Uh, really? The Predators, too? Holy shit. 7 to nothing. Let's, let me look at the stat line real quick. Five goals in the second and two in the third. Pecorine didn't even start. Pavelski has two. Uh, 
Radu Love, however you pronounce that, has two. So they're they're rolling. Uh, so good thing the Hawks won tonight. They're a good team, man. Like they are very good. They had their COVID issues. Anton Hudobin's a phenomenal goaltender, super underrated. Obviously, they made it far in the in the bubble last season too. So I, I thought you were breaking a trade news because there's a lot of trade rumor about uh, Pierre Luke Dubois. I think his name is. He's a centerman for the Blue Jackets, and they're looking. They're thinking he's going to trade for Patrick Laine from the Jets coming up soon. So that's something you need to pay attention to for the Central. But regardless, Kevin Lankin, hell of a game. He'll get to start on Sunday at our new or at, at our new start and try to wrap up a series win against the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so now we're going to be moving on to a very uh, how do I put this uh, up and coming Bulls team who just absolutely uh, amazing to watch. Kind of getting those 2010-2013 vibes with the team for the near future. I don't think. There's ever going to be a team like those uh, early 2010 teams again. But Bulls come out with the win, 123-110, bringing themselves to a 7-8 and eight record, ninth in the Eastern Conference, one spot away from a uh, playoff opportunity. So we're looking good, a lot of promise. Zach Levine, if you guys are on social media at all, I, I, especially Facebook, Facebook is where people don't give a flying fuck. That's true. I, I joined a, uh, this Bulls Nation Facebook group chat, and people come for each other's throats over Zach Levine. It's well, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Zach Levine, another great night. Uh, Wendell Carter was out for a little bit, or out for the game today. Uh, Gafford started in his spot, uh, had a very solid game. Uh, just another... Uh, showing that we have a deep bench and that when one guy goes down, it's the next guy up, which has been the mentality for this Bulls team, especially with Billy Donovan uh, kind of preaching on that as well, which is a very good thing for this young Bulls team to uh, take a hold of. So, Pat, how are we feeling? Uh, Give your recap on the game first, and then we can talk about Levine, and I know you want to talk about Colby as well. Yeah, so obviously a big win. Uh, this Harness team hasn't been able to play in over a week due to their opponents having COVID issues. Um, they're currently, they were on a three-game losing streak. They're now on a four-game losing streak. Um, I believe Lonzo Ball or Lamella Ball might have been hurt in this game because he played very minimal in the second half. Gordon Hayward had a hell of a game. Uh, Graham had a hell of a game, too. Graham was off to a crazy start to begin the game, too. Um, and, you know, again, they were at, this, at one point the Bulls were down six early on in the game, and you know, and any other team last year, they're already thrown in the towel at that point. Billy Donovan has a great grasp of this team, and I think he's really embracing the idea of a next man up mentality, as Brandon said. Where we did lose Wendell Carter tonight, he didn't get to start. Um, he's got a he's, he had a right uh, quad contusion, and Daniel Gafford's next man up. Now Gafford didn't even put up big stats. Daniel Gafford had seven and six, seven point six boards, eighteen minutes played. So where now you think where are those rebounds getting picked up from? Well. Laurie Markkinen only had two rebounds. Patrick Williams, he picked up six. Zach Levine picked up six. Uh, Garrett Temple, a point guard, picked up five. Trey Young picked up another six. Otto Porter picked up another eight. It's just that shows the mentality where we lose one guy, we're going to become weaker in that position, but everybody's going to embrace the idea of filling in that area and strengthening those weak spots. In reality, I think the biggest point tonight was our points in the paint. Uh, the Bulls had 64 points in the paint. 
and most notably they only most notably they only had 15 turnovers. Now it's still a lot, but it's not bad. It's like it was before. Um, just automatic, just a great game all around. I mean, Laurie stepped up big time to fill in those points missing from uh, Wendell. Kobe White, uh, he had 18 points, man, but it didn't look like he had 18 points. Uh, he shot six for 15, so it's not the best stat line out there. Obviously, Zach had 15. Garrett Temple, I mean. This guy is embracing his role as a six-man. He's coming off the bench. He's putting in serious time and putting up serious points. Remember, he's coming off the bench, and he's averaging – He's getting, he got 30 minutes tonight. Yeah, here, here's a, another thing I want to talk about, too, uh, if you want to compare the benches of the two teams. The Chicago Bulls had 46 points coming off the bench. The Charlotte Hornets only had 20. So right there is a huge, huge advantage that the Bulls had for this game. Yeah, and the thing is, too, with this young uh, Hornets team, they're very, very fast. They love to run the court in a fast break. And obviously, in a very an empty stadium, you can hear the players a lot more audibly, whether it's expletives or not. There were a couple of times. A couple hot mics. Was, yeah, hot mic issues there. You heard multiple times Zach Levine, Kobe White screaming, get back, get back, get back. They were trying to limit the transition offense for the Hornets, which is a big portion of their offense. And they did that pretty effectively, I think, off this game. Um, just all, all around, just a great team win. Uh, it was a close game for the majority of the game, even though it doesn't really show on the scoreboard. For a while, dude, it was it was in between six, seven points for the majority of the game. It was just a fun game to watch, dude. And Stacey King said it best. Throw out the record. Don't pay attention to the wins and losses. This is fun basketball. We haven't seen this type of basketball since Tom Thibodeau. I mean, Fred Hoiberg era sucked. Uh, Terrible. Who God, dude? Who's the other guy? Boylan. Boylan. That that was his absolute joke. This is fun. We, I, I will tell you what. For how bad it was with Boylan, Billy Donovan has totally put this team on the three sixty. Totally different team. I bet you Billy Donovan first day walked in. He's like, if you guys were coached underneath Joe, uh, Boylan last year. Take everything you learned from him and throw it out the window. We're starting brand new. And I think really that's probably what he did. He broke everything down and built it back up the correct way. He's just the right man. Like, regardless of of how you feel about the team right now, if you've been watching the Bulls through these rough stretches that we've been through between Hoiberg and Boylan, even the very back end of Thibodeau's career, this this is a huge change. Like, I'm Brandon, we said this multiple times. When was the last time you like, oh shit, Bulls are on night. I gotta go turn on the TV. I, I tell you what, Pat, uh, it's been quite a long time, but I, I'm having so much fun watching this team. It's yeah, I it's great. haven't felt this way about basketball in a long time, and I could give two shits about a record. I could. Care I was, I was I pissed when I saw that the Bulls had what was it, a four day break, three four day too. break. I was I like, shit, too. dude, what am I? Wait. What am I gonna do now? <laughs> I completely agree. Um, and, you know, it's game. It's it's a team like this that makes games like tomorrow. I, I cannot wait for tomorrow night, man. Yeah. I don't care that we lose. If we lose tomorrow night against the Lakers, that's fine. I just want to see us fucking fight. Yeah. I just really all I want to see, dude. It's so much fun. I want to see Billy Donovan coach this team. I can't. I can't wait, dude. But it's just a lot of fun to watch, man. It really is. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, so before we get into – some talks on Levine and you want to talk with Kobe. Let's go into our uh, players of the game. Uh, my player of the game is going to be Gafford uh, for the lone fact that he started. Uh, he he stepped into the role of a starter tonight and did that very well. Uh, I'm also going to cheat a little bit here 
Just the bench was absolutely amazing tonight. So I'm not picking the whole bench, but I want to put a spotlight on the bench that they had an absolutely awesome performance tonight, especially with uh, missing Wendell. Uh, they all combined and stepped in huge tonight. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off your spotlights on the bench, and I'm going to go my player of the game is Garrett Temple, man. 30 minutes coming off the bench as a backup point guard. He's really stepped up big in helping out Colby White in his struggles these past couple of games. 15 points, five boards, one assist. You really can't ask much more off of a, of a six-man type player. Really just a great facilitator. I mean, the Bulls' passing has looked phenomenal. I Let me see if you can look up the stat on this. So the Bulls were – they shot, uh, told them they shot 52%, 49 makes on 95 shots. They had 33 assists on those 49 makes. That's just that's just great team chemistry. That's great ball movement. And that stems from just guys like Garrett Temple that are coming off the bench, realizing their role. And they're kind of in that pass-first mentality. But they also know when to shoot. Garrett Temple had, a, I think he had uh, six points back-to-back-to-back off turnover, or, uh, off steals. I'm pretty sure he had three steals, actually, now that I think about it. Um, just a great facilitator. It's not scared to drive three from three from the three point line. Just an all around great game. Absolutely love the way he's been playing this past couple of days. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you also were talking about how the Hornets were uh, such a good fast break moving team. Well, the Bulls had more fast break points than the Hornets tonight, so that was huge uh, for our win tonight to kind of take hold of that uh, stat line. So. If you're a Chicago Bulls fan, you've heard about the rumblings. We've already talked about it a little bit, but I just I, I feel like every one every like couple three four days we need to give an update on how we're feeling because my thoughts from the last episode where we talked about Levine have completely flipped. I went from trading him to we really need to fucking trade him, uh, and I want to go into that a little bit because I know I, I was shocked to look on Facebook and Twitter and see how many people wanted to keep Zach. And I do too. Zach is an awesome player to watch, but here's the thing. Three years down the line, he's not going to mean jack shit to this team because he's going to get a max contract somewhere else. And with how young this team is, I don't see Zach getting a max contract uh, with the Bulls. So, what could we get for Zach? We could get draft picks. We could get some really good young talent. Levine is the, the final piece for many teams to possibly getting a title, which is what it's all about. All, every year, sure, uh, with the Bulls, if we made the playoffs this year, it'd be like, awesome, we didn't expect that uh, next year. We're going to expect it, and we're going to expect more. But for teams like... Uh, Let's see, Portland, I think Levine would sit nice there too. Uh, If they could get uh, a Levine kind of deal going, that would be great for them. But there's just so many teams that Levine would fit well with, uh, considering, what is he? Is he second in uh, points so far this year? I think so, yeah. He's second or first after tonight. Uh, He was very close to, was it Damian Lillard had was number one? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I yeah. Think so, yeah. so Zach's just an absolute powerhouse, and we only have him under contract till the end of next season, where I don't really see the Bulls being a 
not only a title contender, I don't see them being like a one four seed team. Uh, I, I still think that's going to take two, three more years. The team's going to be fun to watch, but for them to actually do damage and go into the playoffs and be like, we need to make a long run, Levine's not going to be around, and I feel like his trade stock is especially highest now considering how much time is still left on his contract. We could get an absolute haul uh, to just bolster this young team because we're not going to hit on every single young player that we've uh, gotten so far. We're going to miss on a couple, and to just have more, whether it be picks or more younger stars, then that gives us more opportunity to hit on all of them. Because basketball is totally different than, say, baseball, where uh, there's a 40-man roster, uh, you hit and miss on some. With basketball, what, there's maybe 11 or 12 guys on a team, right? I think you have a 13-man roster, I think. So 13? 11, 12, 13, they don't play. Yeah, so that just shows the importance of how many uh, star players you need to really make a title run, uh, especially now with these uh, super teams starting to come together. So, Pat, Levine, what what are we what are we thinking? I think you hit it on the head that Zach is going to be the person that put a contender over the edge. I think that's the best way to summarize him and who he is as a player at the moment. My issue, though, or my, my concern is that he does have another year left on this contract, and that's what scares me in terms of being able to trade him. If his contract was up after this season – I think the trade talks would be a lot more intense right now because a lot of teams are going to want him right now. I think the fact that he has an extra year on his contract might turn some team bit. might turn some teams off because of financial issues. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be something we'll have to look at and seriously play play with because that might be a huge hindrance as to who we trade him to as well as what we get in return. Um, you know, if you're looking at him trading Zach to a team that's going to keep him for another year. Where we might be looking at getting more physical players in return rather than picks. Yeah. So that's the way you got to kind of have to view it. It's a little bit scary. Brandon, you said it best, though. Zach Levine makes his team a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's just awesome to see him play. He plays fearless. He can shoot. He can drive. He's going to make you enjoy the game. The issue, though, is what happens when we do trade him? Does this team fall apart? I don't think so. Do, do, Pat, do you feel that there is a chance that if – all scenarios are right that after the contract is done that we would be able to re-sign Levine. It really depends. I mean, it depends on what he's playing at and what his what his stats look like because you, I don't think Zach is going to get a max contract anywhere. I really yeah. don't. Okay. Um, given his health issues and his past and his age getting up there in age, True. I, I don't think he'll get a max contract. You know, say we trade Zach to a team like Denver and he plays there for this the remainder of this season and the all next season. He's a free agent afterwards. And if his stats drop from what he's averaging like 27, I think, right now or some shit like that, and he's averaging 15, maybe. Maybe. Maybe if he loves – that, also you have to look at what, the, what our team looks like too. If we're becoming a serious contender and Zach's like, hey, I was here when you guys were putting everything together – I want to come back and play for you guys. Maybe so. Maybe so. He might come back. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on what his mindset is in terms of what his and also what his stats are. 
and we'll see what money looks like at that point. I think it really depends on who he is as a player two years from now, whether he, he can be signed back. Yeah, a lot of question marks. That's I love talking about this shit, though. I love getting people wild, riled up and uh, definitely getting myself riled up thinking about it because I, I am still on the train that we need to trade him. But if we don't, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't want to trade Zach Levine. I really don't. Yeah. I love watching him play, but again, this is a business, just like any other sport is. You have to make the business decision and do what's best for your team in the long run, and I personally don't see Zach being a huge asset for us in the long run, two, three, is, four, is five Zach, years from now. Is Zach the biggest number one target for trade right now, would you say? Or do you feel <sighs> like if we held on to him, uh, maybe this off season, or like you said, uh, during the season next year when uh, that people that will me. know that that's his last season on his contract. Do you think people might be more uh, able to trade then? Yeah, I would say yes. I would think getting a guy like Zach Levine that's gonna you're trading solely for him to give you that competitive advantage to push you over the edge to pursue the playoffs is a much more attractive trade when he does only have the remainder of that season left in his contract rather than a whole extra season like he does right now. Again, that's it's like the stock market at that point where, you know, if, you're, if your stock is high as shit, you got to know when to sell them. And if you hold on to them, you run that risk for that stock price falling low as hell and you kind of lose any potential profit you could have had. Like I said, I don't want to trade Zach Clean. I love watching him play. He makes his team fun, but you have, like I said, it's a business. You have to make those type of decisions. And if he's playing the way he is, and somebody gives you a serious offer, you got it. You got it. You got. I think you have to take it. I mean, if somebody's giving you two first rounders for Zach, and they're going, he's going to a team like Denver or, or Boston or Philly. I tell you what, Pat, with the with the front office that the Bulls has have now, I have the utmost uh, confidence Confidence. that they'll make the correct move. I agree 100%. If it's Gar and Pax, I'm shaking in my boots. Uh, But I love AK and what he's done for the team, the culture he's done for the team. I I have every bit of trust in him to make a good trade on that. Definitely. Uh, So now let's steer away a little bit from Levine. You said you wanted to talk about Kobe, so I'm I'm giving you the floor here. So, uh, recently, Kobe hasn't been playing the best in terms of point production. Um, those about the past three games, he's been struggling in terms of shooting. But when he's been struggling as a shooter, he's really been starting to pick up his game in terms of rebounds and as a facilitator, as a point guard that he is. Now, like I said, tonight he had 32 minutes, he had 18 points, two uh, boards, and eight assists. On paper, that looks like a very great game. I don't know. I Brandon said you 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 only were able to catch a tiny little bit of the game. I don't think he looked that good in terms of shooting. I feel like he felt scared to shoot yeah. because of because of what he's been doing. I and, I noticed that last game uh, after he threw up the donut hole, uh, he looked a little bit timid. Uh, but like you said, I only was able to catch a little bit of the game, so I I'm not really. Uh, I didn't really see the timidness maybe as much as you did. Uh, so was it like the fact that he was afraid to put up shots or? Yeah, I feel like he was. And then, 
you know, he does drive and put up a shot and he misses. And I feel like that just shoots his confidence, you know? I mean, like I said, he had 18 points. He was 6 of 15 from shooting and 3 of 8 from the three-point line. So, not overall, it's not the – and he's kind of known to be that shooter. And some people call him a shot chucker. Honestly, people think he shoots way too much. But – If he's going to be the point guard of the future, he needs to – he needs yes. to chuck up shots. I, that's exactly why I agree with you in that, especially in terms of talking about being trading Zach Levine. Um is he needs to be a point production person because you cannot solely rely. I mean, if you if you were to do this, take away Zach means 25 points. Kobe White has 18. Laurie Markin has 23. Maybe we start Garrett Temple. We have, you know, we're not looking at a very attractive stat line from our team if Kobe White is only putting up 18 with no Zach Levine, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. But you also got to remember, too, uh, with no Levine, that means more shots for guys like Markin or Kobe. Right. So, but we need him to be confident in taking those shots. I true. felt like he felt a little bit timid on it, and that's kind of concerning to me. At the end of the day, he had a great game. He's been bracing that facilitated role. I mean, eight assists is awesome for – I mean, he's. I know he's not a rookie, but he basically is. He only started one game under Boylan, and that was the last game before COVID shutdown. So, Fucking Boylan. Like I said, I, I, Kobe hesitate, scares me just a little bit because he's in a little bit of a rough patch. Everybody goes through it, and I totally understand that. And I don't want anybody else coaching him rather, other than Billy Donovan to get him out of this rut and be able to talk him through it. But the idea of talking about training Zach Levine does scare me given what Kobe White has looked like for the past couple games. Yeah, and I think Levine is a very good uh, veteran uh, guy for Kobe to be talking to, especially since... You look at Zach. Zach is a shot producer, chucking shit up, uh, especially towards the end of the game. He knows that he's the best player to have the ball in his hands, and it would be nice for him to put some of that confidence uh, on Colby White. Yeah, I agree. And it, like I said, it's it's early in the season. Colby White's still getting through, going through his growing pains. But that's something I'm gonna really gonna look to tomorrow night because you're gonna have. Patch Williams on LeBron James. You're probably going to see LeBron guarding Zach Levine more than he's going to be guarding Patrick Williams. You're going to have Anthony Davis mixing up between uh, where you're marketing and Daniel or Daniel Gafford probably, depending if Wendell's back. Kobe White's going to have a big game. He's got to have a big game tomorrow night if we want to win this game. Because what? Who's he going up against? Uh, Dennis Schroeder? No, hey, no, no, no disrespect to Dennis Schroeder. The dude's an absolute hooper. I respect the fuck out of him. But you have to realize in a situation like you got LeBron guarding Zach Levine and Anthony Davis running the paint between your two big guys. Kobe White, this is your four. This is your opportunity to step up, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a testament. And I hope I hope he's ready to go. You know, if I could see twenty points from Kobe tomorrow night with a little bit shooting, but little really the shooting percentage is what scares me. Yeah, um, fifteen point, or to him taking fifteen shots. I don't hate that at all. I, I really don't. It's only making six of the 15 is what scares me a little bit. But, I mean, tomorrow night uh, when we do our post game tomorrow, Kobe White's definitely going to be my talking place. I'm very interested to see how he responds to these past couple games. He definitely moved in the, the right direction tonight. He's got to take a big step tomorrow night, and it gets a very tough matchup for the team. Yeah, so you heard it there. Uh, the Bulls take the Lakers on tomorrow, and we've got the Hawks taking on – the Red Wings again on Sunday. Uh, we got an early game on Sunday with the Hawks, which is awesome. Who doesn't love some early hockey on a Sunday? 
if you're out drinking the night before, uh, nice thing to wake up to. Maybe a little hangover, sit on the couch, put your feet up, watch the Hawks uh, absolutely be on the Detroit Red Wings once again. But that does it for this post-game recap episode. Again, the Bulls winning 123-110 and the uh, Hawks winning 4-1 against Detroit. Uh, good two wins from our Chicago teams. Hopefully to continue that streak into this weekend. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Also, make sure to listen to us on Snap, uh, Snapchat, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your uh, podcast needs. We're, we're basically anywhere uh, you listen to your podcasts. So make sure you guys check that out. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace out. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He's gone. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Keys of the 20.